From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, South Korea's total fertility rate plunges to another record low at 0.78, hovering at less than half of the OECD average. Prosecutors raid Gyeonggi provincial offices as part of an investigation into the alleged illegal money transfers to North Korea. And the government comes up with pest control measures following the disappearance of 10 billion honeybees in the nation. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. The nation's total fertility rate slipped to a record low last year as the average number of children born to a woman in her lifetime fell to 0.78. According to data from Statistics Korea on Wednesday, the total fertility rate slipped 0.03 from 2021 to hit the lowest rate since related statistics began to be compiled in 1970. As of 2020, South Korea is the only country with a total fertility rate below one among the 38 member states of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development with a collective average of 1.59, having remained last since 2013. The statistics agency also found that a total of 249,000 babies were born last year, down 4.4% from 2021, half of the number in 2002, and around one-third of the total 30 years ago. The government will establish four additional publicly-run medical centers for children to compensate for a lack of pediatricians. In a briefing to President Yoon Sung-yeol on Wednesday, Health Minister Cho Gyu-hong explained the expansion, which is part of the ministry's plan to improve the nation's health care for children as the number of pediatricians drops due to the chronic birth rate decline and frozen salaries. The four new centers will be built in regions that have no access to the existing 10 locations, which will receive state subsidies for facilities and equipment, as well as compensation for incurred losses. Prosecutors investigating an alleged transfer of money to North Korea by the former head of Sangbangul Group raided government offices in Gyeonggi Province on Wednesday. According to legal enforcement agencies, the Suwon District Prosecutor's Office began the search and seizure at the provincial offices in the cities of Suwon and Uijeongbu. The target of the raid include the office previously occupied by former Gyeonggi Province Vice Governor Lee Hwa-yong, who was accused of asking ex-Sangbangul Chief Kim Sung-tae to transfer $5 million to Pyongyang in 2019 to finance the province's smart farm project in the north. Kim is also alleged to have sent an additional $3 million to the regime for a trip to North Korea by main opposition Democratic Party Chair Lee Jae-myung, who was the governor of Gyeonggi Province at the time. Arrivals from China will not be required to take PCR tests for COVID-19 after entering South Korea from March 1st. Vice Minister for Disaster and Safety Management Kim Sung-ho announced the decision on Wednesday, citing a drop in the COVID-19 infection rate for travelers from China from 18.4% in the first week of January to 0.6% in the third week of February. The vice minister said that the government will lift the post-entry PCR requirement for visitors from China from next Wednesday and allow entry through Incheon International Airport as well as other regional airports. Kim said, however, that the government will extend the pre-entry PCR testing requirement for arrivals from China until March 10th, along with the requirement to fill out the Quarantine Information Advance Input System. 
The South Korean government has drawn up pest control measures after some 10 billion honeybees either died or disappeared last fall. Authorities believe mites are to blame for the last incident, but apiaries claim unusual weather conditions caused the deaths or disappearances. Our Yoon So-hyang has more. The government estimates that some 500,000 beehives across the nation witnessed the disappearance or death of honeybees between September and November of last year. With an average of 20,000 bees in each hive, roughly 10 billion bees are thought to have been lost during the three-month period, a figure that is expected to rise given similar conditions this winter. The number of beehives in the nation fell more than 8% after last autumn, with some 8 billion honeybees disappearing last winter. The government has cited mites as the cause of the latest population shock, claiming that apiaries failed to take proper control measures. Bee farms, however, are blaming the unusual weather and warm temperatures seen last fall and winter, saying the repeated patterns of such conditions affected the bees' ecosystem. Based on its belief, the government plans to promptly provide pest control materials to bee yards after the winter and operate a special pest control period between June and October. The government believes that even if the number of honeybees declines, it will not have a significant impact on the nation's beekeeping industries and have limited effect on the ecosystem. Yoon Soo-hyang, KBS World Radio News. The nation's economic misery index in January climbed to a record high for the first month of the year. Citing data from Statistics Korea on Tuesday, Main opposition Democratic Party lawmaker Kim Hye-jae reported that the misery index, calculated by summing the unemployment and inflation rates, reached 8.8 last month. Created by economist Arthur Oaken to gauge how the average citizen is doing economically, the index for this January was the highest for the month since the unemployment rate calculation was revised in June 1999. Last month, the unemployment rate marked 3.6%, while inflation hit 5.2%. Military authorities believe North Korea is fully capable of launching intercontinental ballistic missiles and is highly likely to launch a spy satellite. The Defense Intelligence Agency under the Defense Ministry revealed the assessment on Wednesday in a briefing to the National Assembly's Intelligence Committee. Senior committee member and ruling People Power Party lawmaker Yoo Sung-bum said the agency assessed that although the North has not yet launched ICBMs at a normal angle, Pyongyang is fully capable of doing so and is merely operating on a timeline to pressure the U.S. Japan has repeated false claims to South Korea's Dokdo Islets ahead of an annual event hosted by a Japanese prefecture celebrating what it calls the Takeshima Islets. Japan's chief cabinet secretary Hirokazu Matsuno said on Wednesday that the islets are Japanese territory according to history and international law, adding that Tokyo plans to continue to respond in a dignified manner to resolutely defend Japan's territory, waters, and airspace. Seoul protested the move and urged the event to be immediately scrapped. In a foreign ministry spokesperson's statement on Wednesday, the Seoul government said Japan was repeating its unjustified territorial claim to the islets and stressed that Dokdo belongs to Korea historically, geographically, and under international law. So Min Jung, Foreign Ministry's Director General for Asia and Pacific Affairs also summoned Naoki Kumagai, Deputy Chief of Mission at the Japanese Embassy in Seoul, to file a protest. Amnesty International has welcomed a Seoul court ruling from Tuesday that recognized spousal coverage under the state health insurance program for a same-sex couple. Zhang Boram, the agency's East Asia researcher, said the latest ruling is an important step toward marriage equality in South Korea. 
Jang said that although discrimination against and the criminalization of sexual minorities in South Korea is far from resolved, the judgment offers hope that prejudice can be overcome. In a historic ruling on Tuesday, the Seoul High Court overturned a lower court's decision that defined marriage as a union between a man and a woman and cited a lack of legal grounds to expand spousal coverage of health care to same-sex couples. In the ruling, the appeals court ensured same-sex unions cannot be recognized as a legal marriage, but judged that discriminating who is eligible for dependent status on a health insurance subscription runs counter to the principle of equality. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index fell 41.28 points, or 1.68% on Wednesday, to close the day at 2,417.68. The tech-heavy Kosdaq also fell, losing 14.91 points, or 1.88%, to close at 778.51. On the foreign exchange, the local currency weakened 9-1 against the U.S. dollar, closing the day at 1,304.91. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy. 